Hello everyone, so, so, so excited to be finally launching the Lifelong Podcast. Thank you so much for being here and listening to the Lifelong Show. I am your host, Heidi Kumjan. I'm a certified holistic health and nutrition coach with a passion for low toxic living and longevity, as well as environmental toxin education. So today's episode is really exciting because we're going to be talking about some of the additives in food, diving deep into some of these chemical names that are hard to pronounce, and I'll be informing you about these red flag ingredients so that you can shop smarter and safer and overall just level up your life. So with that, let's get started. To prevent any feelings of overwhelm, I'm going to be breaking down different categories of toxins and low toxic living. So today we're going to be talking about chemicals in food and some of the red flags we should be looking out for. To begin, a general rule of thumb for me is telling my clients and informing people about the importance of eating real whole foods, not whole foods the store. Of course, you can do your shopping there, but what I mean by this is food from the earth, food that has been grown in a very healthy and clean manner, not factory farmed meat or dairy, not chemically ridden, pesticide drenched produce that is conventionally farmed. I'm mainly talking about food that is organically grown, you know, locally grown sometimes. Regenerative agriculture is a really awesome thing on the rise. I also never push a diet onto anyone. I really just want people to know the importance of eating food in its purest form possible. So yes, still eat that meat, but if you want to, of course, but make sure it's coming from an ethical farm using regenerative or organic farming principles where these cows are actually having a great quality of life and they're not being loaded with grain grains and soy and glyphosate and stress hormones of being packed together, you know, there are better ways to eat different types of foods. So in this episode, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into it. So without further ado, let's start discussing some of these chemicals to look out for when you're eating uh, packaged foods. So packaged foods are foods we are all familiar, familiar with. These are convenient. They are parents' favorites, you know, when they're packing lunches for kids. Going to soccer practice, it's easy to just grab a bag of goldfish or a bar. Um, The thing is, these packaged foods, just due to processing, a lot of extra junk ends up getting added or leaches into these products. And nutritional value goes down and chemicals tend to go up. So there are a lot of better brands out there and I will share a few of those with you in the show notes. Um, I also promote a lot of great brands on my Instagram at Holistic with Heidi. So you can definitely follow along over there and check out some of the brands. But anything we can do to kind of reduce our packaged food consumption is going to do wonders for our health. And it's also going to do wonders for our planet, which is so cool because there are a lot of relationships between the planet health, human health, and animal health. So you know, we're not going to be using as much plastic if we're not eating as much (laughs) plastic. 
plastic foods, packaged foods. You know what I mean there. So anyways, I am a realist and I'm not perfect. I still eat packaged foods. Like I said, there are better ones out there. I know people have lives, busy lives. They are living and leading and, you know, need to have packaged foods here and there for certain instances. So let's kind of break down some ingredients to look out for when sourcing packaged foods. The first one is a very mysterious one, and I have certainly gotten a lot of questions about this one over the years. And I remember being confused about this term, you know, when I started out and was starting to read some of these ingredients in food. So I also like the saying, count chemicals, not calories. You know, I don't want people to be obsessive about these kinds of things, but at the end of the day, chemicals are really what matter and calories, not so much. Again, in my opinion, everyone is, you know, entitled to their own beliefs on that and I support that, you know, I support everyone's opinion on that. So let's talk about this ingredient. This ingredient is called, drumroll please, natural flavors. What the heck are natural flavors? So natural flavors are a very murky term. They are actually, you know, protected by some trade laws similar to the word fragrance. So when you see the word natural flavors, there can be upwards of 100 chemicals behind that vague term. This doesn't create transparency. You know what I mean? So even if these so-called natural flavors in, let's say, an organic snack bar are better, you know, they're not as toxic. There's no way of us ever knowing this. So I find it very shady when brands, even organic ones, even ones that are so-called clean, start to put natural flavors on the back of their bottle or package. So again, a good rule of thumb is when you see this word natural flavors, think mysterious chemicals because the brand is hiding something. And why hide anything? People want to know what they are consuming. People are demanding transparency and natural flavors are the complete opposite of that. So something I also want to let you know about, natural flavors, they contain flavor enhancing chemicals which make food more addicting. So this is definitely important to note because this becomes a marketing and sales technique, you know, which is so unethical in my opinion. Uh, I actually have four plus years marketing, marketing management experience and Oh my goodness, I can tell you, you can get away with a whole lot of different things in marketing. Marketing is really a shady thing these days with greenwashing. I can uh, encourage you all to study greenwashing and be mindful of it. This is kind of when a brand claims to be clean or healthy, and it is really not. It's just marketing. So natural flavors are super freaking shady watch out for them. (laughs) Okay, next one. Let's talk about glyphosate. So glyphosate is a real nasty one. I've talked about this one a lot on social media and we'll also be discussing this in another upcoming episode. Glyphosate is the leading pesticide chemical. Some of you may have heard of Monsanto or Roundup. This is essentially that pesticide within those products within Monsanto's Roundup product. And some people have this in their home. 
or their garage, you know, to do yard work and kill some weeds in the backyard. And actually, legislation just got passed that they're going to be banning use of it on for homeowners. So that's great news. But the more detrimental side of glyphosate is these monocrop agriculture, corn fields, soybean fields, conventional agriculture, spraying this stuff down everywhere. There's crop dusting going on. It's in the air, jumping over to farms that are even organic. This stuff is airborne and it's disgusting and it's sprayed on hundreds of thousands of gallons every year all over our country. And there's actually a really cool map online. They cool, but it really is kind of terrifying when you look at this map and it shows the highest concentrates of glyphosate all across the U.S. And unfortunately, it is pretty concentrated up here in the Midwest where I am located. And this is just something to be mindful of. So you're thinking you're getting away in nature and, you know, being somewhere and more with more farmland and things like that. You would like to think you're breathing in cleaner air because you're in nature, but a lot of times if you're right by a conventional farm, you're breathing in all this junk. It's in the water. 100% don't drink that water when you're anywhere. Never drink tap water. It's filled with a bunch of junk. We're going to be doing a really awesome episode with my friend Don Lust, water expert, herbalist, uh, all, all the things. But anyways, I'm going off on a tangent here. So glyphosate, the best thing we can do to reduce our consumption of it and to honestly support getting rid of it on a global scale is to stop buying conventionally grown foods. So most importantly, meat, dairy, grains, like they are very loaded in glyphosate. I actually have a post on this that is a visual representation of a study that was done on glyphosate showing the levels of glyphosate in the top selling oat cereals. So you might have heard of some of the Quaker oatmeal squares or Cheerios. Um, The environmental working group ran a study on these cereals and they set a benchmark for health at 160 parts per billion for glyphosate. And again, any trace amount of glyphosate is not healthy, but they created this health benchmark of 160. And within some of these cereals, the numbers were out of the roof. For example, Quaker Oatmeal Squares Honey Nut were 3,837 parts per billion. Quaker Oatmeal Squares Brown Sugar were 2,746 parts per billion. Cheerios Oat Crunch Cinnamon were 1,171 parts per billion. Apple Cinnamon Cheerios 868 parts per billion. Honey Nut Cheerios 833 parts per billion. And the list goes on. And it's totally nuts because it's far exceeded, you know, more than 10 times the health level of 160 parts per billion. So glyphosate is pretty nasty and it is linked with cancer. Absolutely. There have been a lot of lawsuits with actually some of the farmers that work on these fields that are loaded with glyphosate being sprayed all the time, they're ending up with cancer, you know, stage four cancer that's aggressive and it's popping up all over the place. And for years, these farmers have not been able to get any support or win these lawsuits. Recently, 
because of, I think, the growing movement and people waking up to the nonsense of conventional agriculture, they have been winning these lawsuits. So there are positive changes occurring there. And I, you know, I want to end this little glyphosate section on a high note. You know, you can really do your part by purchasing organic food as much as possible. So that really, really is going to help your health. And it's going to, you know, it's going to be a vote with your dollar so that we don't have to keep polluting our earth with this and damaging ecosystems and damaging our health. This next ingredient is one that shows up all the time and it shows up even on organic packaged food. Actually, a lot of times, you know, I'm in the grocery store reading labels, you know, with everything I purchase and citric acid is such a pesky little thing that shows up all the time. And what it is, is it's a food preservative. And it's also a flavor enhancer. So again, another good, you know, marketing sales technique is to enhance flavors, make people a little more addicted to be purchasing more, repeat customers. This citric acid is derived from mold and made from GMO corn. So this is a big, big red flag for me. And it's really, it really hits close to home for me because I suffered from mold illness. Um, and mold is very triggering for, I would argue, everyone, some people more than others. But getting exposure to mold in the food you're eating, and it's supposed to be organic a lot of the times, just doesn't make sense to me. I will admit, I do sometimes still consume it just because I am human and we can't be perfect. But I try my best to avoid some of these red flag ingredients because I know and have seen that every step is so important. Any chance we have to reduce our toxic burden is huge. I also wanted to say that citric acid causes neurological health issues and I would surmise that this is because of the mold contents and mold uh, causes damage to your neurological system. That's what happened to me with mysterious neurological symptoms and that's something a lot of my clients have. So if you're actively dealing with neurological things, anything from brain fog to fatigue to dizziness, the list goes on. Really be mindful of citric acid. It could be very, very triggering. The next one up is more of a category. So this is industrial seed oils. These are also marketed as vegetable oils. Look at that. Doesn't that sound so appetizing and healthy? You know, putting a word out there like vegetable oils, you think, oh my gosh, I'm being so healthy. I'm the oils I'm consuming are from vegetables. This is just marketing, folks. So let's really break this down. What are industrial seed oils? They include canola oil, corn oil, cottonseed oil, sunflower oil, safflower oil, grapeseed oil, soybean oil, peanut oil, and margarine. And oh my goodness, do these have a lot of adverse health effects linked with them. So they're highly inflammatory, which is just not ideal. So anyone trying to come get over a health condition or just live a healthier life should be very mindful about their industrial seed oil consumption. Again, those oils I just listed. These oils also interfere with the functioning of your thyroid gland and your metabolism. So this is also not really great. 
Um, they are, you know, created through the use of high heat and pressure, making them oxidize quicker. And what's alarming about these to me in another sense is the fact that they come from monocultures. So soy, corn, and canola oil, they are all coming from these monoculture, industrial, conventional, glyphosate-loaded farms, which are harming our planet and harming our health. So you can choose some better options. Some better options include coconut oil, ghee, organic butter, olive oil, and avocado oil. Just remember that some of these have different smoke points. So one example is olive oil. Olive oil has a low smoke point. So be mindful of that when you are cooking with it. If you're going to use something for high temps, I would recommend avocado oil or ghee or even coconut oil. If you can consume dairy, organic butter would be really a great option too. So the more organic real foods you consume, the lower your toxic burden will be. Um, But let's talk about some of the other preservatives to keep our eye out for if we are consuming packaged goods. These include propyl gallate, BHA and BHT, sodium nitrite, and sodium nitrate. These are all preservatives added to food, and they are linked with adverse health effects like cancer. So the best thing you can do is familiarize yourself with these chemicals and get really accustomed to reading the back of packaged food before you buy. You know, it's good to just make informed decisions in all areas of life. So this is just another thing that is really going to level up your health. Okay, so something else I want to talk about. This isn't necessarily one single item, but it is the occurrence of heavy metals in our food system. So heavy metals are things like lead, arsenic, fluoride, the list goes on. And these are linked with neurological issues up the wazoo and are extremely concerning. So what I would recommend is drinking filtered water. And we're going to do an episode on this like I had mentioned, but I really like drinking filtered water. I use a clearly filtered pitcher. Um, I also really like Mountain Valley Spring. Those are some really great brands, but if you're drinking tap water, chances are you're getting exposed to these heavy metals. And these heavy metals are extremely prevalent in protein powder. So I feel like everyone I know consumes protein powder, which is great. You know, I'm glad so many people are active and being mindful of their protein consumption and things like that. But protein powders are not all created equally. So I would really recommend getting a brand that is putting human health first and one brand I just absolutely love. This is one my boyfriend Joseph is the biggest fan of and he actually found because he's also really into health. Um, I'll definitely bring him on for a podcast episode, but the brand is called Sprout Living and their ingredients are organic. They're third-party tested and they're very pure. So for instance, it would be like pure watermelon protein or pure pumpkin seed protein or pure pea protein 
instead of some of those mainstream brands that are loaded with, you know, whey or soy or tons of other really sketch ingredients. And it's like, if you're doing this, you know, you're trying to get your health into your own hands and you're exercising, but then you're consuming some chemical concoction loaded with metals and other junk that, you know, leads to cancer. It's... It's just important to be nourishing your body with good protein powder. If you're doing protein powder, another thing you can do is really just add seeds to your smoothie and you can get your protein in that way. But I know people love their protein powder. I just really encourage you to get a brand that's organic and third-party tested. Um, There's actually also been a ton of research going on involving protein powder and they've just found a lot of heavy metals. These are not regulated by the FDA. Of course, the FDA doesn't usually have our best interest in mind, but you know, they're trying and they, they do, they do their best uh, here and there. So these, you know, supplements and protein powders are not regulated at all by the FDA. So it can, and then they're ground into a powder. So you don't always know what's all in there. You know what I mean? That is my spiel on protein powder. The next thing I wanted to kind of share is, you know, just reminding you that this process of low toxic living is a journey and not a destination. It's not meant to be scary. It's not meant to be virtue signaling when you're learning about this and it seems like someone is preaching and I never want to seem like I'm preaching or anything like that. I really want to approach this humbly and just provide the information because again informed decisions are really important so the point of all of this is to motivate you to be mindful and just learn more it's not to be perfect and be so rigid and you know develop unhealthy obsessions about these things it's just meant to be a starting point for you to learn and change really begins on the individual level and I am just excited for you all to learn this information and share this information and watch your life change moving right along to the next chemical and that is artificial food colors. So this one is probably one that's not super new to you. You've definitely all heard of artificial food colors and hopefully you all also have thought to yourself like what on earth is this? Like what is this made of? Is this good to consume? You know are these bread dyed Swedish fish really good for me? The answer is these these food dyes are super, super sketch. So, you know, approaching this with a natural uh, perspective in mind is really, really good. And there are a lot of alternatives out there if you still want to be eating, you know, Swedish fish candy here and there. At the end of this episode, I'm going to share some brands that I love. So stick around. MSG. Another one all of you have probably heard about, MSG makes food feel, you know, a little more salty. Why didn't I say feel? Taste. MSG makes food taste more salty and just a little bit more intense. It's a really uh, useful additive, again, for creating kind of those addiction cycles with food. And MSG has been, you know, I feel like at the front lines of all food additives for a number of years because it's because of its prevalence. Um, there are 
of course, so many other food chemicals out there, but MSG is just one of those ones that thankfully has gotten a lot of traction and has gotten people talking. The thing with MSG is it damages your nervous system and it leads to neurological issues. So brain issues, memory issues, and it's even linked with, you know, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, dementia, things like that. Lots of studies out there. You can do the research on your own. And it's also, you know, linked with growth and development impairments. So it's honestly not the cutest chemical out there. I think, again, most of you have heard of MSG, but just wanted to kind of inform you a little bit more about what it is. Anything you can do to reduce your MSG exposure would be good, especially, again, if you're having neurological stuff like headaches and tingliness or fatigue, stuff like that. Reducing your MSG consumption is going to help you there. On to the next one, and that is guar gum. Guar gum is even one that I've seen in organic foods, which is, again, pretty sketchy. At the end of the day, consuming organic foods is, I think, the best possible option, but let's focus on eating real whole foods. But if you are going to be eating processed foods, processed organic foods are going to be your best bet, but being sure to read the ingredients. So guar gum, what the heck is guar gum? Guar gum is a thickening and binding agent. So it essentially, I don't know, I think it like helps things get thicker like salad dressing, sauces, soups, milk. You'll actually see this in a lot of nut milks, probably most nut milks out there, which is not cool, guys. Like, why are we putting gums in our milk? I don't get it. But guar gum, what does guar gum do? It causes stomach problems. So do you ever consume something and then you get gas and bloating afterwards? Yes. A lot of times it's from the food you're eating. So guar gum is directly linked with gas, bloating, and cramps. So if you're not kind of vibing with those types of feelings or if you're going somewhere and you don't want to, you know, be farting, maybe don't consume something with guar gum. Another area that has gained a ton of traction probably over the last 20 years. Honestly, I feel like it's always been something I've at least known about or heard about, and that is artificial sweeteners. So I feel like I could do a whole entire episode on artificial sweeteners because it's such a broad category, but I wanted to touch on it a little bit in this episode. So some types of artificial sweeteners include aspartame, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I feel kind of silly saying that. Um, then there's sucralose, saturin, and acesulfamine potassium. Probably botch that word too. But there are a lot of different types and these are linked with adverse health effects as well. So limiting artificial sweeteners is going to be good for your body in general. It also helps relieve headaches and it promotes weight loss. Um, That's not something I ever like to push, but worth noting because I think a lot of times people consume artificial sweeteners thinking, oh, I'm being healthy. It's an artificial sweetener. I don't know why someone would think that, but the amount of brainwashing that has gone on in the food industry, I'm just, I'm not surprised. Some types of sweeteners that I do like include honey, agave, date syrup, 
coconut sugar. And yeah, I really like those options if I'm going to be sweetening something up. For example, if I'm making a glass of peak tea, some hibiscus tea, I'll add in lemon and a little bit of honey and it's so naturally delicious, organic, and sweet. Another thickening ingredient similar to guar gum is carrageenan. Sorry if I've botched that word. Some of these chemicals just are so big and hard to pronounce, so I know you can sympathize there. So this is a thickening agent and it's found in a lot of dairy-free milks, just like guar gum. Also in ice cream and coffee creamers and a lot of vegan cheeses. So not a super big fan of vegan cheeses for that reason because a lot of times they're really just chemical clusters. Um, Again, I am not passing judgment here, folks. I am just providing the information. Yes, I still consume dairy-free cheese, you know, a handful of times, a few bites a year, whatever. I'm doing my best. You all are doing your best too. Just providing this information, anything we can do to reduce our toxic burden is going to benefit us. You guys are getting the gist of this now. And I just want to keep reminding you that this is meant to be gentle and just informative and supportive and humbling. Carrageen is, carrageenan, sorry, is something that impacts your digestive health as well. It's linked with ulcers and growths in the intestines. It also triggers inflammation. And we know that inflammation is at the root of most diseases. So anything to reduce inflammation is going to be beneficial and consuming carrageenan is not going to be that food because it actually increases inflammation. With the thousands of food additives that are out there today, I could literally be talking about these for the next 24 hours. And I don't want to do that to you all because I want to be mindful of time. And I also would probably run out of breath and sanity. So I'm going to stop there today with those chemicals that I discussed. And now at the end of the show, which is this moment right now, I'm going to share some of my favorite brands that I approve. So I've coined this term holistic with Heidi approved or HWH approved. And it's actually a hashtag that is being used on social media. And I encourage you all to use it if you are talking about a food or a product that is approved by me. You can just use the hashtag HWH approved. So the first brand I want to spotlight is Three Trees. A lot of people ask me, you know, what is the best type of non-dairy milk that you approve? And back in the day, I would have said Malk, which is M-A-L-K. And that brand recently changed up their ingredients and essentially started adding natural flavors. They switched from sprouted almonds to powdered almonds, I believe. So there's a little bit of uh, lack of transparency there. So now I am promoting three trees. This is not paid for. All of these brands are just brands I love and wanted to share. Three trees is really great. Another option is making homemade almond or oat milk. This is something I do now regularly. It's a little laborious, but it's very rewarding. And there's something so satisfying about like making your own food beyond just chefing up a dinner. Something about making homemade almond milk. I don't know. It's like what I would imagine churning butter feels like. 
I don't know. Another brand I am so obsessed with is Lesser Evil. Lesser Evil makes the most delicious snacks out there. I'm telling you, I downed a bag of Paleo Puffs this weekend, and they're kind of like a healthier hot Cheeto, but sans all the creepy ingredients. Lesser Evil makes really yummy popcorn and other really good snacks. They are organic and holistic with Heidi approved. Mary's Gone Crackers are another brand that I am a super big fan of. Some of their products have a little bit of a different formulation and I find that the original crackers or the red box has like the cleanest, I guess, ingredient list. The green and the or is it the, I'm sorry, I think it's the red and the blue box, but I also love the green one, which has jalapeno in it. And the next brand I want to spotlight is Lil Bucks, and Lil Bucks were a sprouted buckwheat snack and kind of like a granola. So I love this company, Lil Bucks, because I not only just am obsessed with their ingredient list and now they are sourcing from a regenerative farm which I'm just so geeked about but the founder and the team has just been so lovely to me and I will keep shouting this brand from the rooftops and informing people about how much I love Lil Bucks and the fiber contents and the protein and again it's just so crunchy and so unique I've never experienced a food like Lil Bucks. One other brand I want to talk about, kind of like a granola, similar to Lil Bucks, but very different, is Supernola. Supernola I love because they are from Wisconsin, and I actually grew up in Wisconsin, and I love supporting local brands. So Supernola is a granola that is free of all the crap ingredients, including natural flavor, citric acid, all that stuff we discussed earlier. And they have superfoods packed into their granola. So definitely give those a try. Some other ones just going to quickly rifle off include Purely Elizabeth, Thunderbird, and Siete. There are tons of other brands out there that I love. Actually, let's just mention one more. One more is Peak. Peak Tea is my absolute favorite tea. They are third-party tested. There's no heavy metals. They're organic and they're crystallized. So it's like you get this little packet and you dump it into either hot or cold water and it instantly creates tea. You don't have to wait for it to steep or anything. And the flavors are so good and they're very health-promoting. But like I was saying, there are tons of other brands out there. I am so amazed by all of the growth that's been going on in the CPG world or the consumer packaged good world of natural healthy foods. I personally get so excited about it. I know I'm not a big fan of packaged foods, but like I said, we're all human. We need that convenience factor. We travel. So we need to know that good brands exist for when we're in a pinch. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. This was, you know, the first one of me diving into red flag ingredients. I'm going to be doing more episodes talking about red flag ingredients such as ones in the bedroom, in cosmetics, things like that. If you have any requests at all, please send me a message on at lifelong underscore pod or at holistic with Heidi on Instagram. 
thanks everyone and i look forward to seeing you all next week as always if you are able please subscribe and leave a review it helps my business so much and it's going to help get this message out there thank you